Grace and peace to you from God our Father, from your Savior, in his holy name, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, asking his presence and his impact on our hearts and lives as we consider together the word of our Lord today. The text is uh, recorded in Hosea, that is the Old Testament book. There in the fifth chapter and into the sixth chapter. Under the title, Forgiveness Empowers, these words from the prophet. Then I will return to my place until they have borne their guilt and seek my face. In their misery they will earnestly seek me. Come, let us return to the Lord. He has torn us to pieces, but He will heal us. He has injured us, but He will bind up our wounds. After two days, He will revive us. On the third day, He will restore us, that we may live in His presence. This from the prophet Hosea, our text today. A text that moves me to invite you to rejoice. To rejoice in the fact that God chooses us in His grace. Reflect with me upon His invitation that we come to Him for His most special of all gifts. His most special, you noticed I said. We are to pray, forgive us our trespasses. We're not asked, asking Him to look away. We're not asking Him to ignore our sin. We are to ask Him to forgive, to wipe out our sins our disobedience. I pray that you hear the prophet's words today as an invitation to remember his act of rebirthing us in the holy sacrament of baptism for that is exactly what he did. Rebirthed us. I ask you to remember that the Spirit is calling us to return Suggesting, of course, that we've gone away. Yes, indeed. Return to repentance and the blessed gift of grace. This call God delivers to His people repeatedly. At least at every service of worship that takes place here in His house. God knows us. I ask you to look again at verse 15. They will seek my face. They will earnestly seek me. His invitation is necessary. We need to be rebirthed, renewed, made free. We need to repent. That is a turning around. 
as if you walked down the aisle and in repenting returned as you turned your back on that and came forward again. So it is a visual of what repentance is all about. The call God delivers to His people is that call. Return. Repeat. He knows us. He knows us well. We need to be rebirthed, renewed, made free. We need to repent our guilt. Admit it. The misery we feel is on account of our sin. It's on account of our disobedience, separation, which results, our walk away from Him. Sin it is. Sin we are. Without hope. Lost. Condemned. Enemies of God. Back to the text. We are injured, torn to pieces by His law, by His perfection, His demands. A law delivered by His pastors. Thanks to each and every pastor that has served here in this house of God faithfully. The sign reminds us as we approach, huh? These 70 years? Thank God for the law. It shows us our need. We have a tendency sometimes to think the law is bad. No, it's good. Without it, we wouldn't recognize sin. And when people's minds are clouded so badly that they don't recognize the law, they have no chance to return. They're not going to be moved to repentance. I'm troubled. I have a daughter who works at Mayfair Mall, a granddaughter. Recently in my home, she was visiting with us. And she's telling about how she is ordered to allow certain individuals who come into the store to help themselves to whatever they want. And they do it repeatedly. Can you imagine? And that's what I said to her. I said, she says, I can't do anything about it. And I said, I understand that part. But listen, listen to what's going on for that poor woman. She's forgotten the law and it's not able to impact her. And if that's the case, she's going to keep going away. There's no repentance there. The law has not a chance to do its work. Treasure the law. That's what I'm saying to you. And pray for the lady and others like that in similar circumstances who have been so messed up in their minds and in their hearts that they don't recognize that the thing they do is wrong. There's no law that convicts them of that. Take you to Colossians chapter 1, please, where it says about our Lord that He has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son that He loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. God was pleased through Him to reconcile to Himself all things by making peace through His blood shed on the cross. 
In Jeremiah 31, God said, I will forgive their wickedness and I will remember their sins no more. Luther says, we are all beggars. <laughs> there in three words, huh? That's it. We're beggars. God help me. Chapter 6 of our text, verse 1. Come, let us return to the Lord. He will heal us. He will bind us up. He will become sin for us. And in fact, later, he did exactly that when he carried that sin and all of its evil to the cross and there paid for it. The second verse of chapter 6, he will revive, restore. And in Luke 23, can you hear Jesus? Can you hear him? Father, forgive them. Wow. Today's gospel, Matthew 18, the master felt sorry for his servant, freed him, and canceled his debt. In 1 Peter chapter 2, he called to us out of darkness into his marvelous light in order that we show forth the praises of him. Our life in Christ is a life of praise in service and in response. Our gracious God in the shed blood of his Son revives and restores, the text says, in order that we may live, yes, in eternity, and yes, that we might live right here and right now as he intended. We can actually do that with the power of his forgiveness. Forgiveness empowers As we contemplate the lavishness of God's forgiveness, of God's love, His baptismal grace in Jesus fuels our life, empowers us. We're enlivened, we're energized, we're empowered to live for Him in Romans 1. The just shall live by faith. Faith in Christ brings His greatest of all gifts. His greatest of all gifts, forgiveness. It literally frees us up and places at our disposal the very power of God to which it attaches us. We can actually live a life empowered by God Himself. The lady doesn't get that opportunity because the law has not had its impact and moved her to repentance, torn her soul, her heart, her body, her mind in such a way that she recognizes sin, repents and receives forgiveness. Paul, in Romans 8, makes the contrast. A mind of, of sinful man brings one to death. The mind controlled by the Spirit has life. The poet in Psalm 51 emphasizes God's forgiveness and his salvation makes us willing to obey him. Isn't that a great expression from Psalm 51:12? His salvation makes us willing to obey him. Our life not like the Dead Sea. No, not our life. It's not like a pond receiving and then becoming... Well, what happens to a pond 
when stuff keeps going in and nothing goes out. It gets stagnant. That's not us. Rather, our life is, in Christ is a moving. It's an active stream, receiving and giving again. We are empowered to love as He loves, to give as He gives, and to forgive others as He forgives us. How many years have you been here? Beautiful Savior. I would have had to ask Bill. But it's on the sign. It's 70 years you've been here. Years, by the way. 70 of them of rebellion. Oh yeah. That's why you started getting together. That's why your forefather said, this is the place, this is where God will be and move us to recognize our rebellion. According to the text, 70 years of being injured, ripped, torn by God's law. Thank you, God. 70 years of repentance, of returning. 70 years of God's grace, God's riches at Christ's expense. 70 years of restoration, revival, renewal. 70 years of being refueled and retooled for a life in Christ. For a stewardship life of love and service that honors Almighty God and that gives our Lord His love and His mercy to others. That's why you exist. That's why and what you have done. Praise be. Praise be to the forgiver. And God's people said, Indeed.